The following podcast is taken from a live broadcast on Inspire FM. Catch a creative vibe on the Urban Cube with Sister Shamiza. Good morning, good morning, good morning, and assalamu alaikum. It is at 10 o'clock, Monday, 24th of February, and you're listening to me, Shamiza, taking you all the way up to 12 o'clock on Where Else? The Urban Cube Show, of course. We're going live and direct to all the wonderful people across Luton surrounding areas, and also live to the, our fabulous listeners in Sheffield and Link FM, and also Peterborough Salaam Radio. So, massive big salams to you, lovely lot. Uh, it's been a week and a half for many of us. And um, and how are you feeling about sending your children back to school? Are you doing a bit of a jig wherever you are? Uh, grateful that they're going back? Or um, what was the experience like? Has it been full of joy? Or was it been a nightmare? Or has it been a nightmare? I don't know. I'd love to find out from you. The show itself is The Urban Cube. You're listening into this morning with Misha Miser. And we would love you to contribute to the show this morning. Was some great conversations around creativity and sustainability on the show this morning. I'm joined by two fantastic mumpreneurs. Yes, mumpreneurs. We're talking about motherhood and, um, and being an entrepreneur with two awesome mamas in the studio who are going to talk to me about their journey of um, work, motherhood and balancing the two. Now, um, a week off for many of us with our children. It has been the half-term week. Um, I hope you're able to come back to some form of normality. Uh, Share with me your your thoughts this morning. Is it a yay or nay for the children to go back? Uh, 07779481822. Now, the show is live on Facebook this morning. You can actually see my lovely guests in the studio who are waving to the camera right now. Um, you can also catch the show on um, the, the web as well as uh, catch it on the app. And it will be streamed back as well later on. And you've got the repeat of the show at 8 p.m. So there's no chance for you to miss the show. Now, I am sure you're curious to find out who my guests are in the show on the show this morning. I am super duper delighted to be introducing two dynamic, dynamic guests who are going to be talking about eco-modest fashion as well as the first children, the Muslim Children's Book Festival. Mm. My kind of conversations are going to be happening on the show this morning, and I'm sure you're going to be inspired by the, these fabulous mumpreneurs. Starting off with the very fabulous Saima Siddiqui. Now, Saima Siddiqui is talking to me about eco-modest fashion. She's completed her MBA and went on to establish her own company in 2019. It's one of the first online eco-conscious modest wear brands. It has since been shortlisted. Uh, she has been since shortlisted as a finalist for Islam. Channel Startup Business of the Year Award. Now, she lives in London with her husband and her two-year-old son, and she's currently working with Lauren Booth on a podcast called Bayab Way, <laughs> discussing the Islamic responsibility of protecting our environment. She also volunteers for Islamic Relief and is the International Head of Design for Charity Week, which is a student-led fundraising initiative promoting Islam and the positive impact of unity. 
As a young entrepreneur, Saima aims to continue to grow her company being humble as a forward-thinking green and modest fashion brand for the Western Muslimer. Also joining in the show this morning, talking all about the Muslim Children's Book Festival, joined by the wonderful Yasmin Egala. Yasmin Egala is the author of Tre Treasures of Jannah, children's books aimed to install the love of Jannah in the little hearts and minds. Now, as a mother of three energetic children, Yasmin juggles her career as a human resource professional, author and co-founder of Tiny Moomins Workshops and the first dedicated children's book festival on 8th of March to celebrate stories for Muslim children and the amazing creators behind these stories. So I am super duper delighted to introduce these delightful ladies. It's less talk and more finding <laughs> out from these wonderful ladies in the studio. Uh, Assalamu alaikum, um, Saima. How are you, my dear? I'm very well, thank you. How are you? I'm super duper delighted to have you joining me. Goodness. Wow. It's so nice to be here. <laughs> Otherwise, at this time, I'm usually, you know, babies in the bath, babies having a tantrum, baby needs a toy. <laughs> so it's nice to be kind of at the house. And I, I hope he's listening in. Do you think he's listening in to Mama? He might be. He, he might be watching. <laughs> he might be watching. Yeah, that, that's, no, that, it might he, be Paw Patrol. Uh, <laughs> no, he needs to be watching us. Come on, he needs to be watching his mum. Thank you so much for joining me this morning. Oh, thank you and for having me. The wonderful Yasmin. Assalamu alaikum. Wa alaikum salam. Um, half term, yay or nay? Uh, yes. Yes, go back to school, yes. <laughs> what was the journey like kind of getting here this morning for you? Um, like, did you get the kids ready on time? No, I just ran out. <laughs> I left them with their dad this morning. I'm not doing this. I'm coming on Inspire FM. So, yeah, I left them. Priorities, I love that. <laughs> exactly. And have you actually found out whether the kids have actually got to school or no, not? No, I don't want to answer any calls. <laughs> it's not my problem. Not your problem. It's your day off today. Just, I love how you just cut that off. You yep. know, you deal with it, Father. Exactly. You deal with it. And and hopefully he's dealt with it well. And hopefully the children are safe and yes, at I school. Yes, I hope so. I hope so. <laughs> hopefully dad is okay. Exactly. Let's worry about kids. Dad. I think dad. the kids are right. You know, I'm going to ask my listeners this morning. Um... Mums, when you've left dad in charge, what has been the most unusual thing that has happened? Has dad actually sorted out the children properly and sent them to school? Or mums must have this experience. We're very more diligent, aren't we? I don't know Definitely. of your experience. Are you more diligent as a parent? Like everything is in order, socks, shoes, hair, uniform, bags, pack lunch, everything sorted to the T. But when you get your husband to do that, it's just, they just don't care. Get them in the car, get them to school, as long <laughs> yeah. as they're in one piece. Yeah, that's definitely my experience. <laughs> but it's also a case of, I spend more time, I spend more time with my son. Mm -hmm. So I know what he needs. And I've had that, you know, like right. I've built it up. I'm sure I was scatty in the beginning, but you work it out. Whereas my husband, because he works, he's at work all the time. He doesn't see him as much. So when he gets to it, he's still learning what he needs to do uh, or what to put in the baby bag or you know and he's done amazing because he looks after him a lot on the weekends and evenings and things like that but it's just about that experience and I guess I'm guessing if it was the other way around if I was right. at work 24 7 uh -huh. and he was looking after the baby when it came to my turn I'd probably still be learning that oh I forgot to put this in the bag or I need to take that might just be a learning curve. A learning curve. <laughs> and I think if you give somebody that opportunity to do uh, take that role on then they would you know they'll learn yeah, from their mistakes and practice makes perfect because even as mothers ourselves we it was a learning process for us definitely. too right definitely so guys i'm asking you in uh, this morning um when you leave your mums when you leave your husbands in charge what's been the most unusual thing that they've done 
because they have dads have hacks they do things the other way around and i've been watching all these lovely clips about dads and how you know i've seen those <laughs> clips where dads are trying to do the hair for their daughter um and learn and, and using like the, the 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 pipe of the vacuum <laughs> to kind of put the hair bubble in put the hair in the most unusual hack but we're, t- we're talking about dad hacks this morning and trying to get the kids ready for school what is it that they do slightly different to mums the show that you're listening to guys is the urban cube um and i'm joined by absolutely these absolutely amazing mothers in the studio this morning who are mumpreneurs extraordinaire um i'm joined by no other than the awesome saima siddiqui who is um the lady behind and actually uh, she's been fine she's a finalist for um islam channel startup business of the year award and she's behind the first online eco-conscious web modest wear brand plus i'm also joined by the very awesome yasmin egala who is behind tiny tiny mummins the first dedicated, and also the first dedicated Muslim Children's Book Festival. Lots going on. Where are you finding all this time to do this? I'm um, starting with yourself, Yasmin. Congratulations with the Children's Books Festival. Thank you, thank you. Um, in terms of time, honestly, I think you have to make time because as a mom, there's mm-hmm. always, somebody always needs something, including the, the, the fathers as well. <laughs> so you have to find time. And I think it's finding things that you can do for yourself. Mm-hmm. So I do work full time. Um, I have three children and I also, I'm always working on a project. So um, aside from being an author, I thought, you know what, I, I need to do things for myself yeah. to make sure that I'm keeping to who I am, not just mm. me as the mother or me as the wife or me as the sister, whatever. Mm-hmm. So for me, it's really important to find time. Yasmin, you're a mum of a toddler and that is like, and it's terrible. Is he going through the terrible twos? I think he's passed it. Passed it. <laughs> like, uh, he's, uh, he did go through it and it was quite a violent, you know, everything was a kick or a punch or something. And, you know, he does have his moments where he'll topple over and he'll have a tantrum. Um, but even his tantrums, are they're quite entertaining because he knows he's going to hit his head on the floor. So he'll do it in slow motion, but, <laughs> which just makes it funny. Um, but he's now that he's learning to speak, it's getting better. And if I tell him that, okay, don't hit me, say the repeat off, because uh-huh. I know what he wants. Uh-huh. Um, so rather than giving it, you know, I'll say to him, tell me that you want this. And then he has to repeat that sentence. Um, so he is getting better. I can't say the same about playgroup because other kids his own age, they do get um, some sort of abuse from the, from him. But I think we did see someone, um, you know, they do the regular health mm-hmm, visitor checks. Mm-hmm. They said it might just be a language thing. And when he learns, you know, better communication, he should hopefully... Fingers crossed. <laughs> and, that. and communication is something that <laughs> is really, really important when um, start when you have a young mm. child and kind of developing those skills of communication. Yasmin, um, I wanted to ask you, do, like, d- what language do you, do you speak with your child? Are you going to in- have you introduced your mother tongue to him? So we speak. I speak both Urdu mm-hmm. and English. And um, if I'm telling him off, it's definitely Urdu. (laughs) (laughs) It's like my mum's voice kind of projects out of mine and, you know, we're just telling. um, But no, it's a a mix. But I think I do lean towards Urdu just because I want to kind of keep Mm -hmm. that within us. And um, I am a language person. I love language. I love reading. I love... um, you know, speaking to other people and we do travel back and forth to Pakistan mm-hmm. often and you know mm-hmm. my son's got his grandparents and his great-grandparents so I think Urdu is such an important thing within the family itself uh, for him to know. And it's, it was National Mother Tongue Day last week and that's the reason why I asked that question um, you know um, is, uh, is our mother tongue kind of dying out? Yasmin tell me about your background is English your first language? 
Yes, it is. Mm-hmm. But I mean, I'm from, so ethnically, I'm from Ghana, mm-hmm. West Africa. So I do speak a language um, called Hausa. Unfortunately, I haven't been very good at teaching it to my children because my husband and I speak different languages. So we end up speaking English at home. Um, but I do think it's really important. I can, for me personally, I can see my mother tongue dying out because okay. my children don't understand it. And right. You know, it's something I need to get better at. I think it's really important. There has been a big emphasis um, with uh, research suggesting that that originally that those that spoke a second language, children, didn't develop as fast enough academically um, in the education system. And now we're seeing a a bit of a reversal where those that are learning to have a second language um, are, are succeeding at the same pace. And I came across an article that says, native English speakers fall behind um, children of immigrants in GCSE maths. Wow. Yeah. And we're seeing more and more of this. So I think it's an absolute blessing if you are able to get your children to speak um, your mother tongue. And it is that connection with roots, isn't it? Definitely. It's also patterns because Mm. language has patterns Mm -hmm. and that's what the kids are learning. And also at such a young age, they have to differentiate that this is English and this is, you know, whatever your second language is. And you see in a lot of European countries from such a young age, they teach languages at school because yes. they've already understood mm. that it is going to help them develop further on. And then you see it now here as well, where Dora the Explorer, she's teaching you mm. Spanish or you've got, I, don't, I can't remember all the other ones, but even now they've got, um, they teach you sign language. Fantastic. What's that, what's that clown? I don't watch these things because um, my son's not there yet, but there's that clown. They always oh. talk and then they sign whatever they're saying, but they're also teaching you and then they've got um, kids who are re-signing what they're saying to kind of teach you those. And it's just it's such a nice thing to see. And I think it's it's very much needed. Um, yeah. Where we, If we want to be in a society that's accept- accepting at all, then these are the sort of skills that I think need to be taught mm. in school, sign language. Um, another um, article I've come across is where um, schools are now introducing home economics and uh, in particular for boys yeah to, to develop their life skills um i remember having home economics lessons um at school and i thought they were fantastic and then they just died out do you think there needs to be more of a drive for our um, children to be taught these skills not just at home but also at school yasmin definitely i think so um i definitely think so and i i, I studied home economics and i loved mm-hmm. it and actually at home i have two boys and i encourage them to you know cook get involved with things like that because they're good skills to have mm-hmm. um, yeah. and also we shouldn't put you know the boys don't cook that kind of mm-hmm. that whole kind of stereotype we don't want that so i think it's really really good that they're pushing bringing that back into schools Simon, you have a little boy so do you feel that you're going to make sure that he's able to do do all those life skills you know that traditionally we were taught just girls own should be cooking and girls should be cleaning if you meet my husband you'll see that he does all those things anyway (laughs) he's quite good so he does my um he's a bit more busy now with his work but Mm -hmm. he used to do so much cooking or we used to do you know like once a week he'd do the cooking or he usually does breakfast on the weekend and things like that um so i think he's already my husband's already in that mindset Mm -hmm. and he's quite practical he's hands-on with my son um, and there isn't really that division of that old kind of stereotypical division of labor. Um, everyone just does a bit of everything. And his parents are like that as well. Everyone just does a bit of everything. Yeah. And I think there's that ethos of we're a team. Mm. This is our house. Everyone just needs to pick a corner and start. Oh, I uh, like that. We're a team. Yeah. yeah. I think when you have that mentality as opposed mm. to where I grew up, where 
you know, boys did this and mm. girls did that, but boys yeah. really didn't do anything and the girls did everything. Yasmin, <laughs> um, um, did you find that um, growing up? Was it equal in your household? Did girl, um, If you have uh, brothers? Yeah, um, I think as much as my parents tried to kind of make it equal, I, mm. I have one brother, mm-hmm. and so there's two girls and one boy. I do think the girls picked up more mm-hmm. naturally mm-hmm. because the boys would kick push back oh I don't want to do it and then the parents were kind of okay well yeah you just get your sister you know so <laughs> I think it was kind of something they grew up in their generation mm-hmm. so even if even though they tried to kind of not make it like that it became like that some very conscious I don't want my especially my boys to think that that's a woman's role mm-hmm. and I want my girl to, to also know that actually like you said um Simon you know it's it's, it's a team effect, yeah, yeah it's a team effect our beloved prophet, peace be upon him, he did house chores. He sewed yeah, his clothes. Exactly. He helped his wives. Um, and he still also successfully led the Ummah as well. So he's, you know, if we're following the Sunnah of the Prophet, peace be upon him, then that's one of the greatest examples there. Exactly. But yet we're not hearing about that enough. No, no. We're letting our culture kind of override what the Sunnah is. And yes. Really. Folks, we are listening to the wonderful Yasmin Egala and Saima Siddiqui on the uh, Urban Cube this morning. And we're exploring their thoughts and conversations around everything and anything this morning. Um, We would love you to join in with the show this morning. And we're asking you, um, mums, your husband's. If you give them the opportunity to kind of look after the children, do they have a particular hack that they do um, to make the job easier? I would love to find out uh, from you on 07779481822. We're also giving away tickets to a upcoming production called The Mother Monologues, which is quite fitting because I've got two mothers (laughs) in the studio. And The Mother Monologues is a uh, show that's happening on on 6th of March at the Hat Factory. And we've got five tickets to actually give away for the Mother Monologues, courtesy of um, uh, of a uh, wonderful uh, brother by the name of Majid Waris, who's giving away five tickets to Inspire FM listeners. Um, he's the director of a charity called Hum- Humanity Unites, and that charity is basically supporting um, the community in Burton around um, times of austerity. And the play itself, the Mother Monologues, Life Happens, Coffee Helps, that's the title, Life Happens, Coffee Helps, is about um, the mother, the journey of motherhood through times of austerity, their survival, their stories of the survival, and, it will pre- and it's going to be presented through monologues and poems by the mums themselves, who are locals in Luton, who are actually, for, for the first time, going to be performing on the stage to a public audience um, of all these stories. And these stories are around um, cutbacks, the stories are around um, educational cutbacks, um, social service cutbacks, um, not having um, the use of food banks, um, and various others. But I'm not going to give it all away. I'd like you guys to come uh, down and check it out. But we've got five tickets actually to give away um, to this production. Now the question is, what's the title of the play? If you know the title of the play, then you've got a chance to grab one of these tickets, um, courtesy of um, uh, Majid Waris, who's been very, very kind and generous in actually sponsoring these tickets. So, folks, title of the play. What is it? I might give it away a little later on the show. Um, 
Ladies, you've just been listening in to uh, a little bit of a snippet of the production, the mother monologues. How important is it for mothers to have their their stories told or their journeys told? Um, Yasmin, you're an author and also um, behind Tiny Mummins and you do creative workshops and puppeteering with children as well as launching um, the first ever Muslim um, book festival. So how important for you is it that the mothers get to have their say? I think it's very important because um, I think as women, somebody's always telling our story for us. And I think the most effective way and actually to get the the real the real story or real opinion is for us as mothers mm -hmm. to share our experience and come together and, you know, share knowledge and, you know, just let people know what it's like, um, you know, for us to share our stories mm -hmm. and the challenges that we have. Um, yeah. I think it's really important to give us a voice. Yasmin, what about yourself? Um, you're a mumpreneur, so you must have some great stories to share. And we're going to find out your journey on the show this morning. Um, mothers sharing their, the, the raw, the real, the true stories of motherhood. I think everyone has that passion, mm. or has that need, whether you're a mum, whether you're a dad, whether you're just, you know, whatever you're doing, you want to share who you are. And that's what we do, that we express mm. ourselves, whether it's through fashion, whether it's through books, whether it's through poetry. Mm. Um, you know, everyone has that forte of how they do express themselves. Mm. And I think it's so important to be heard and to be given that kind of pedestal that I am important enough that, mm -hmm. you know, I need to be, I'm not just that person that everyone leans on. I need to lean on someone. Sometimes I need mm -hmm. to have my story told. And also to, there's this Facebook group. It's amazing. It's called Muslim Mamas UK. Yay! And I love that. <laughs> you go on it and you see the most random questions, yeah. but there are so many answers underneath. And it's, that is where creativity happens that is where support happens that is where i say okay i've got a two-year-old oh you've got a two-year-old okay let's exchange tips let's talk about this mm -hmm. or you know your kids are older yeah. than mine so you tell me what i've got to look forward to and <laughs> you know it's like helping each other through that journey um no two stories are the same but you yeah. can always learn from each other and um and i've actually been an avid fan and i followed that page and it's yeah. really helped me um yeah. through so many Areas it just makes you realise you're not alone at oh. all. Like sometimes I think the hardest thing is, you know, I've gone through this struggle, mm -hmm. wherever it is, and you just feel alone. But then when you see that somebody else has gone through it as well, you think, okay, that's half the pressure off yeah. because some, it's, you're not alone. And then you start to talk and then you start to kind of open up. One of the biggest pressures for me uh, through motherhood is knowing what to wear. <laughs> solution for you <laughs> on the school run as well um there's been lots of lots of articles that i've come across and facebook posts where schools have actually a school has actually banned parents for coming into school on the school run in pajamas oh, and slippers <laughs> well i never have you ladies ever done that no, I'm not there yet. Not me yet. I'm one of those mums that likes to get, not doled off. I mean, I'm not like in heels or anything, but I do like to look presentable mm. when I'm going to the school run. I've been known to wear lipstick on the school run sometimes. <laughs> is, that, is that not allowed? <laughs> I, 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 I don't know. Nobody else does it, but they're like, oh, where are you going? I'm like, excuse me. I might be children. seen in pajamas. <laughs> you know, my children need to see me presentable. Exactly. And exactly. you know they're the ones smiling and say, that's my mum. Exactly, that's you know? my mother there, yeah. <laughs> um, and, and so I, I don't want to ask um, you guys this morning, um, 
Have you ever been on the school, been gone to the school run in your pajamas? Go on, you can be honest. We'll keep it anonymous. <laughs> um, we've actually had somebody entering the competition. Thank you so very much to win the tickets for the Mother Monologues. Yes, it's called the Mother Monologues, but that's not the exact title. So you're going to have to go back and maybe scroll back to the Facebook, uh, Facebook Live of the show and listen in to what the actual title is. Was it Life um, Happens Coffee Helps? I don't know. You're going to have to tell me. No, 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 no. Um, I'm so generous on this show. Folks, you're listening into the Urban Cube, and I'm joined by no of two fantastic mumpreneurs. Now, mumpreneurs are on the rise at the moment, where mothers are using their entrepreneurial skills and they're balancing their business, their startup companies with motherhood and they're doing a mighty fine job of it. We're seeing a growth in the economy led by mum. Mompreneurs. Um, and I have two in the studio who make it sound so easy. And after the break, we're going to be finding out from them their journeys through fashion, but not any sort of fashion, eco modest fashion. So much so that it's um, made uh, Saima Siddiqui a finalist for Islam Channel Startup Business of the Year Award. Plus, we're also joined by the very fabulous. Uh, Yasmin Egala, who is a mum of three and she is uh, a human resource professional and author and co-founder of Tiny Women's and she's going to be talking to us about the Muslim Children's Book Festival, the first of its kind, happening on the 8th of March. I have an interesting article um, that I'm going to be talking about after the uh, break and that article is that Netherlands makes trains free on National Book Day. Um, for those that show a book instead of a ticket, they get free a free train journey. How That's awesome good. is that? Oh. You know, how really awesome is good. that? Um, and also going to find out from these wonderful ladies, if there was a book that they could write, what would the title be of it? Oh. Yeah, so I'm going to get allow them across the break to think about that. And um, coming back um, after the break, uh, once again, going to be launching this competition of giving away five tickets for the Mother Monologues Life Happens Coffee Helps show on the show today, inshallah, as well. So join me straight off this with a cup of coffee or a book. <laughs> Assalamu alaikum. You're listening to an Inspire FM podcast, making available our popular programs from our daily broadcast on Inspire FM. Catch a creative vibe on the Urban Cube with Sister Shamiza. Good morning and assalamu alaikum. It is 10.30, Monday, 24th of February, and you're listening to Shamiza taking you all the way up to 12 o'clock on the Urban Cube Show. We're going live and direct to Luton surrounding areas, Peterborough and Sheffield this morning. A massive big hearty assalamu alaikum to everybody, and I hope you've had a fantastic week um, and... Uh, You've not been too eager to send the little ones back to school because half term is over. <laughs> Yay, people! <laughs> um, yeah, I'm. I'm. I'm really glad, and I'm the children are back to school, and I so miss them. I so miss them. She says. Mm. Okay, I did. I did. Um, we're finding out from you guys this morning how your experience has been with the children off half term. I mean, the weather has been quite horrendous. Did, did you do anything in particular um, at home to make it a little bit more um, f fun based um, and interesting for the children? Uh, the weather has been oh. 
intense um and it's it's just really kind of it turned a lot of things around for a lot of people i mean the country has been kind of hit quite drastically by the floods um i hope everybody is well and um, not been impacted too much uh, listening in to the show this morning. Now, the show you're listening to is The Urban Cube. It's a show about celebrating the creative journeys by trailblazers, not just locally, nationally, but also internationally. This morning, I'm joined by two absolutely fantastic guests who are keeping me entertained with their wonderful, wonderful journeys and also yourself too. Who am I talking about? No other than two fantastic mumpreneurs. It's no other than Saima Siddiqui and awesome Yasmin Agala. We've been talking about so much and um, uh, and I've got so much more to talk about. Just before the break, we mentioned we mentioned that the Netherlands made, made train, uh, trains free on National Book Day for those that showed a book instead of a ticket. Now, Yasmin, you're an author and you're also the um, uh, co-founder of Tiny Mummins, yeah. uh, workshops um, and interactive creativity for Muslim children and also now launching a Muslim children's book festival, the first of its kind. Yeah. So your thoughts on the Netherlands giving, uh, making trains free on National Book Day? I think it's awesome and I wish that the UK would do that because imagine how much you would encourage people mm. to read and how much cheaper it would be as well to produce a book <laughs> rather than, you know, produce a, um, a, like train, a ticket. train ticket. So I think that's something that, you know, would encourage, encourage um, people to do in the UK. I think that's something we should do. <laughs> and they've been doing this since 1932 in wow. the Netherlands. Oh, wow. So wow. it's not something new. They've been doing this for a number, well, decades. Yeah. Wow. Um, Yasmin, um, like you've traveled from Milton Keynes. Do you yes. or do you use the trains? Yes, I use the trains, yeah. Uh -huh. Do you yeah. ever pull a book out? Uh, no, I'm going to I'm going to try on World Book Day and see what happens. <laughs> Set up a trend. There you go. Um Saima, you're uh, in London the, the tubes are a very common transport. Yeah. So do you use them often? I used to. Since the baby not as much because mm -hmm. I think staircases and it's just for me. I'd rather just leave it. Although I have invested in a light stroller. So the plan is when the weather gets better I will start to make more journeys. Um but not as much as before. Now I'm a driver. Now you're driving. <laughs> Your thoughts on um the the Netherlands making trains free. Uh, I think that's amazing. I think it's really good to cel celebrate like books and reading and that creativity because I look at my son, he's only two, but he mm -hmm. lo absolutely loves reading. And we go to the library so often, we read before he goes to sleep. And, you know, like if I tell him, do you want the toys or the books? We've got everything, you know, uh -huh. in the corners. He'll go for a book. He's happy to read and just dive into a book. Do you feel there are enough books that represent him as a Muslim little boy? Do you feel you struggle to find content or are you quite chill about it. At the moment it. he's into dinosaurs so um, I don't think, <laughs> you know he's just there and dinosaurs and he's actually named all his dinosaurs after us oh. so I think he sees himself in a triceratops so I'm happy at the moment. <laughs> so, so who are you? What um, dinosaur are you? Me and my husband are the diplodocuses or the long necks. Oh wow. Um, my, my dad is the T-Rex uh, so, although my dad's personality is not uh -huh. anything of the sort and his so my son's great grandmother is the raptor you know, the the main um, one in Jurassic So I don't know how he's, you know, adapted that. But I mean, like, for now, I'm happy. <laughs> you know what I don't understand? Children can 
naturally say these long names of dinosaurs, yeah. but they can't strum a sentence together. <laughs> what is going on there? They can say, you know, say words up to like three syllables, yeah. but they can't strum a sentence together. And another thing that really astounds me is they're able to empty your account, download <laughs> apps. Yes. You know, yeah. I can and relate. do anything, all the stuff off um, Amazon or wherever. And yet, yeah, and but they can't feed themselves. No. What what is tied going on there? Rooms. Oh, tidy their rooms. Um, Yasmin, are you feeling the pain? Oh, I'm feeling the pain. <laughs> Every time I get that email to say, you know, you've just spent twenty pounds on Roblox games, I'm like, who did this? All right, I'm not there so yet. I, I have a lot to look forward to. That. Um, I was speaking last week about um, a, a scientist is suggesting, or researchers suggesting that we need to give our children traditional games to play. Um, remove technology out of their hands and just let them use their imagination or just not let them give them and don't give them anything just let them roam free and actually stimulate them by allow them to stimulate themselves by just imagining mm. um I remember that growing up, not because yeah. um, it's just because my parents couldn't afford to give me the latest toy. So I had to do it. And I think that was my generation. We didn't have accessibility to what children have now and what we can provide them. Um, Yasmin, like, do, can you relate to that? Do you think that makes sense? Do you think there's I more think need for that? I think it does. I mean, growing up, I think I had a balance. My parents, we did have like, um, we did have like, do you remember Sega Mega Drive? Oh, yeah, yeah, we, we had, had that. that. <laughs> but then we kind of had strict times. Mm. But because we had times where we had to use our imagination so mm. I used to get lost in books and write stories whereas I think my children now everything's about games mm. and iPads but what I have done recently is I've got them old traditional games like Monopoly mm, mm. so they can sit down and you know do it together um, because I do think nowadays it's like they can't the silent they can't even stand silence wow. it's like they have to be stimulated all the time mm. which I don't think is always good mm. This is all to come to come come in your journey of motherhood, yes, um, Saima. So, Saima, do you do you sometimes get overwhelmed by people giving you advice and tips, or do you just follow your gut instinct? Because there seems to be a lot of anxiety for new mums when they're just being overwhelmed with people giving advice and saying you should do it like this and shame, and being quite judgmental and blah 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 blah. I think in life I've learned to just zone everyone out. It's in, it's really important to listen because mm -hmm. everyone. Everyone, you know, it's usually your own mum or your mother-in-law or your grandpa. You know, like there's another mum somewhere who's giving you advice. So they've done it. So it's nice to listen. It's nice to think that, okay, if she did it that way, let me try it. But at the end of the day, you know your baby better than anyone. Mm. So her baby might be different to yours. And if it, they used to always, every, the standard is feed your baby to sleep, like give them a bottle of milk or whatever. But I never used to do that because I know my son and I know yeah. when I give him milk, yeah. he actually wakes up. He used to want to feed straight after waking mm -hmm. up. And I used to say that to everyone, no, my child is different. He doesn't function that way. No, no, just do it, just do it. And then I'd do it to prove, it, prove them wrong. Um, but, you know, there is that pressure of you have to listen. But I think I've learned to, and not just as a mum, but in life, that there's a limit to what you need to take. Listen to everyone, but choose what you want to implement. Gut instinct, yeah. isn't it? Now, a young, you're... Being a mother and actually going into business, did you feel, did you face any barriers or people questioning that, you know, you've got a little one, why are you launching your own business? I think um, not really, because he, 
when I think when you've got one, mm-hmm. it's still an easy stage in the mm-hmm. sense that there's only one. Um, and he's in such a good routine and he's still quite young that he's dependent, but not, mm-hmm. you know, I don't need to do school runs. I don't need to invest in homework and things like that. Mm-hmm. So he's still at such an easy age that if I get something up and running now, then hopefully once he's in school, then I'll be a bit more established. Um, and I think I had a lot of support from my family, my in-laws, my husband, everyone. Mashallah. Um, so once you completed your MBA, you went on to establish your own clothing brand. It's the first online eco-conscious modestwear brand. Yeah. Uh, it's been so successful. It's now been shortlisted as a finalist for Islam Channel Startup Business of the Year Award. Woo! <laughs> Thank you. Um, wow, you make it sound so easy. But why, <laughs> why eco fashion and why eco modest fashion i think the modest is what came first Mm -hmm. because for me it's always been you know where do i shop i I don't want to wear layers i don't want to do that whole inner full sleeve and outer you know there's there's just something that's not comfortable about dressing that way in terms of you know whether it's summer and you're feeling overly hot um so being humble was created for Mm -hmm. the modern western muslim woman Mm -hmm. where i want full sleeves i don't really wear an abaya i'm that in between of you know, I'm not completely a buyer wearing, I'm not completely the other way, I'm just something in between. Um, so we wanted to launch dresses and tops and hopefully expand the brand to kind of encompass everything mod- Western modest. Mm-hmm. And for me, it's always, especially now, you hear so much about how plastics are so mm-hmm. detrimental to someone somewhere else. Mm-hmm. And it's so sad, especially, you know, like I look at my son and I think if somebody somewhere else was doing something to hurt him here, how would I feel? And then you, I, I think it was a Panorama documentary or something where where's, we think we're recycling, we send it off and then it's out of sight, out of mind. The council's got it, it's their mm, job now. Yeah. But really they just ship it off to Malaysia or Indonesia or wherever. Yeah. And over there they're burning it. Those fumes are now polluting their air and their children who are coughing up blood. But that's on me as much as it is on the council. Um, so for me, when I was speaking to my husband and we were brainstorming, mm. okay, being humble, what are we going to do with it? Mm. Um, one important factor was we are going to Im- embody like these values. And it mm. comes from Islam as much as it does from just common sense, really. Um, so we have to have no plastic in our packaging. So we don't do plastics. We don't make branded plastic, mm-hmm. being humble bags. Everything's cotton. Everything's biodegradable. So if you are throwing something away, it will not hurt anyone, hopefully. Um, but there is like a lot of room for us to grow. We're still a small brand. There's still so much, you know, we have ideas. But it's that level of conscientiousness. Mm. And um, and this seems to be the way forward, um, very much so in the world of fashion, because fashion is one of the greatest polluters um, after um, oil, yeah. which is very, very scary. And it is actually helping, uh, it is impacting in, um, climate change, which uh, we're slowly, slowly hearing um, about, but we're not really putting into process. More com- more businesses are thinking more so, being a bit more conscientious. But fast fashion is so easy to yeah. access. People just want to get the latest trend um, and wear it, but they only have three wears in that item, and then yeah. the next thing comes on, and it's it's the next trend yeah. that comes up. But I it's mean, the whole kind of structure of I need to be on social media. Yeah. I can't re- even. I look at Kate Middleton, mm-hmm. and you know when she wears something twice, there's like a panic. It's like no, she's allowed to wear. It. It's okay yeah. for yeah. her to. Eat. I'm sure yeah. she's washed it. I'm sure it's clean. I'm, mm-hmm. you know, like it's fine. It's it's such a it's that pressure. It's that social pressure. It's the social pressures. Do you think I'm going to ask you a question? Um, and if Muslim bloggers mm. should take more responsibility um, in or maybe showcase less 
um, items because they're creating a want, yeah. a want. Mm. They're creating, um, but they're lacking consumer consciousness. And what I mean about that is they're actually encouraging and enticing people to buy the latest thing, want the latest thing. And as and if they're Muslim, should they take more responsibility to do less of that? I think yes and no. Yeah, as in everyone, everyone should. Mm -hmm. I don't think it's, the owner should be you're a Muslim, therefore mm -hmm. you have to do it. And if you're not a Muslim blogger, you don't. Mm -hmm. I think it's everyone's planet. Everyone has to take responsibility, regardless of what your religion is. Um, and there's such there's so much information out there now that now is the best time to be, um, you know, using yeah. your platform to push forward. But as Muslims, and this is um, something that Lauren Booth was saying, and I was I'm working with her on a podcast, mm -hmm. and so she has done the first episode on, you know, shopping and when mm -hmm. you go into a local supermarket. Mm -hmm. Choose things which are fair trade because you know that mm. the end game is a lot better. Choose something with cardboard packaging or buy loose mm. bananas over the mm. plastic packeted ones. You know, it's like really small mm. tips. Um, but something she said was that it's quite sad that as Muslims, we've alre we already know this. Yeah. We already know that it's our job to protect the environment. Mm -hmm. We already know it's our job to know that our consequences of our actions matter. Yet we don't take a stand for it. And that for me is where the embarrassment or shame like mm. I don't take it enough and maybe it's lack of knowledge from us maybe it's lack of having those key figures in our Islamic culture whether mm. it's imams or you know whoever it is we need more celebrities as and when I say celebrities I'm not talking about social media to or, advocate the I'm ambassadors yeah, I'm talking about imams should be more relatable to us we mm. should be looking up to them and not a social media blogger for right. things mm. you know a very very interesting point um Yasmin, can you relate to anything that um, uh, Saima has said? And somebody who looks fabulous on the school <laughs> run, is she? Is, are, are you interested in the brand that she's she's taught her her brand, clothing brand? And do you find it difficult to find modest clothing? Um, I think um, the modest fashion has come a long way, so there's yeah. a lot more out there. But mm. like you said, I think it's very disposable. It's like, okay, mm. this is in, um, and then literally it feels like the next week it's out of fashion again. So it's yeah. like you're buying all these things, wearing it once, it's, oh, I can't wear it again. Yeah. So I was seen, I took a picture and I took a mm. selfie, I posted on Instagram, so I can't wear it again. Mm. But, but yeah. why not? Because you're wasting money. I'm not saying people should not spend money but you're wasting money and also what's the point of just wearing something once yeah so mm. i think definitely we should be a bit more conscious as muslims yeah. and I'm, de I'm definitely interested in what what you're doing and i will yeah. definitely check out your brand <laughs> uh, and are you wearing anything that's from your company right now oh my top so at the moment we started with um for me i think the hardest thing to find is a full sleeve oh, top or dress yeah. tell me about yeah. it that is where so for me i wanted to start the brand by just ticking that box mm -hmm. off because everyone can find trousers or jeans yeah. or leggings or where you know your preferences change that but i think everyone wants the full sleeves mm -hmm. no one likes wearing the because we did a survey and everyone was like i need a top i need a dress i need something to wear on top of trousers yeah, something yeah. for work yeah. something mm -hmm. for every day um and so i thought let me start this brand with that segment mm -hmm. just on its own so we've got tops dresses shirts um, different lengths, knee lengths, yeah. slightly shorter, slightly longer, you know, depending on what your taste is. And we've got different colours, different prints, because I'm tired of stripes. <laughs> I'm tired of black. I actually sorted my wardrobe about yesterday, and yeah. there's like half of it is black and blue. Okay. Mm -hmm. And then the rest is like two purples, one pink. It's like, where are the colours? Okay. But yeah. I think when you try and find those modest type of dresses mm -hmm. and tops in high street, you always end up with black. Because for some reason, mm, so and they're not adaptable, though, isn't it? Mm, it's quite adaptable. It, it, it yeah. goes with 
everything but I like I love the print I have to say Thank and you've, you. you've done you've matched it so well with the really scarf nice. mashallah it looks very very elegant um yeah I'm just gonna have to borrow that <laughs> uh, but I totally get what you're saying it's like you go you know there is more accessibility I think the main the high streets are um now the fashion does seem to be there's a lot of layering going on yes. there's a lot longer tops but there's always something missing you yeah. get a long beautiful dress with the arms and they've got a triangle missing in the middle <laughs> yeah. what am I supposed to do there and yeah. then you have to wear a t-shirt underneath, underneath it, yeah. and then you've got the gap baking you've got it all covered from the front and the gap's gaping yeah. what am I supposed to do what there what about that slit the one on the side you oh yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> they, they have to ruin it in one way or another but um, and then it's having to be innovative and I love mm. the layering look so tell me what is on trend at the moment what is it what's the sort of look that we should be emulating or talking about from a modest fashion so for me i'm quite anti-layering okay. just because i think it just gets so hot okay. and then there's just so many things going on so i think um for me at the moment the things that i'm seeing are knee-length dresses mm-hmm. or you know colored trousers so mm-hmm. that you match you're bringing a lot more color into the okay. mix yeah as opposed to the kind of traditional black trousers and put on the top so Bring out the colour yeah. in your yeah, wardrobe. The it's spring and now as well, isn't it? So you're getting florals. Uh, but is it really spring? No, I mean, this is the weather. It's quite <laughs> schizophrenic. Got, um, got storms everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> so you've got to everything. You, your clothes have to be storm storm proof uh, <laughs> as well, uh, which doesn't help. And when you're on the school run, no. oh dear. Now, folks, it's 10.48, Monday, 24th of February, and I'm joined by the very fabulous uh, Saima and Yasmin in the show this morning, talking to us about ethical fashion. And also, uh, we're going to be talking a lot more about books with Yasmin and the launch of the Muslim Children's Book Festival, which is happening on March the 8th. Now, it doesn't just stop there. We've also given away free tickets uh, to... um, to the Mother Monologue show happening on March the 6th, celebrating International Women's Day. The question to get a uh, win a ticket is, um, what's the title of the play? What is the full title of the play? And you then have a chance of winning a ticket. Now, you need to contact us on 07779481822 for your chance to win. The time's 10.49, and uh, coming back to the show... um, Absolutely delighted to be joined by no other than Saima Stiki and also Yasmin Egala, who are both mum mum entrepreneurs extraordinaires. That's what I'm going to say say to them. They're so down to earth and make motherhood and um, uh, owning their own businesses sound so easy. Um, is it easy, Yasmin? Tell me. Um, you know, you 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 look so relaxed and you look oh, so no. elegant and and just so calm. And you're doing, you know, you're working in industry as well. You're also a mother of three young children. You're event planning for the Muslim Book Festival for children, yeah. and you run Mumins, tiny Mumins. Yeah, it is not easy. I think. Um... The thing is, I think with motherhood or when you're balancing everything from the outside, it looks really easy. I get a lot of people say, oh, super mum, how do you do all of it? I think people don't see the meltdowns that we have in the back. back. And it's all about being organised at the end of the day because um, we all have the same 24 hours. So it's choosing your priorities and making sure everything's okay at home, but finding pockets of time to do the things that you love. So for me, it's event planning, tiny mutmins, anything creative is what I want to do. And my kids are actually at the center of everything I do. So tiny mutmins is a workshop for kids. Um, and the reason why my sister and I created it is 
growing up as Muslim children, we were so sick of mm. Islam being presented mm. in a dull way. Right. So mm. just going to madrasa and being basically lectured at. Yeah. So we <laughs> wanted to find um, interactive ways mm. through puppet shows to teach children the deen mm. and um, Islam. Um, yeah, so my, chil my children are the center of all my projects, if that makes any sense. And I had the pleasure of actually one were observing one of the puppet shows and yes. um it was fabulous the kids oh, loved it you. and i loved the interaction <laughs> because what you were doing you were taking quite a common modern way of storytelling that we've seen whilst we're growing up but actually adding the muslim angle to it and yes. the children's faces were just so elated and it was fun and it was vibrant so is that what we're going to be seeing as part of the um the muslim uh, children's book festival Oh yes, so the um, the Muslim Children Book Fair Festival is basically a celebration of stories for Muslim children mm. because often we don't have a space where we can celebrate mm. stories mm. Um, for Muslim children. But it's not going to be any dry book festival. It's going to be, we're talking puppet shows, there's going to be illustration workshops, Ooh. creative writing, face painting, um, lots of Muslim authors. It's, it's going to be a really, really fun day. Fantastic. For the whole family, not just for the children. So how can people find out about the festival and what, where is it when is it on and any Facebook links yep so it's on Sunday the 8th of um, March in Rumi's Caves that's mm -hmm. northwest London mm -hmm. um, you can get tickets at um, www.tinymotmins.com and we've also got a Facebook page so if you Google or if you search Tiny Motmins you can get tickets wonderful is that something you, you're wanting to maybe take your little one to? I was just like registering all the <laughs> websites because my son, he, he absolutely loves books and I love that he loves books and it's such a huge part of our mm. day. Mm. Um, you know, he'll start the morning saying, Mom, can you pass me that book? Aww. And, you know, like he'll, I have to reach for whichever book and he knows which books he likes and he does all the actions and, you know, he absolutely immerses himself in books and we do the whole bedtime reading thing and, you know, he's got his glass of milk, he's sitting on the bed with me and we're Aww. just reading. Yeah. Um, so it's such a huge part of the day for us that I actually am really interested in popping over next week. Yeah. Fantastic. You should. Can I just yeah. add one thing? Yeah, um, so um, as a mum of three, I don't know, all the mums there, every mm. World Book Day, the schools ask our children to dress up oh, yeah. as a I'm character. Yeah. So we've actually got a competition where children are encouraged to dress up as a character oh. from a Muslim story. So any Muslim story, as in any books written mm. by a Muslim author, dress up as a character and there's a prize for the best oh, dress. Okay. So Ooh. Um, any author names you want to drop who will be present? Um, so I'll be there. Um, myself, I'll be there. Elizabeth Limer. Uh-huh. Um, Samia, Freya's, Freya's Funny Feeling. We've got Rabia Bashir, oh, um, okay. Hadra Momin, ah. um, just to name a few. I don't want to give it all away, but yeah, there's <laughs> a few people that will be there. Oh, be awesome, well. awesome authors. Oh, it sounds super, super exciting. Yeah. Um, one author that's really making her name in the uh, Muslim book author world and breaking the mainstream is no other than Zainab Mia. I don't oh, know yes. if you know her yes, name. I do. And it was wonderful to see her book um, uh, a boy with a big imagination um, actually uh, being seen or in the Times. So her oh, book yes. got a mention in the Times, uh, Planet Omar. Yes. And, um, and my favourite book of her, two books actually, one is My Dad's Beard, yes. which is wonderful, and <laughs> Odd Soccerosaurus. Yeah. Oh, wow. Uh, that was really good. I'm going to look into that Yeah, yeah, yeah. really good. Because you were talking yeah. about dinosaurs, your little boy would love yeah. that. And, um, doing extraordinarily well um, in uh, her, uh, her 
book publishing yes. world. So I don't know if there's somebody somebody that you've connected with yes, or not. Yes, we've connected with her, yes. And my son loves her book, Planet Omar. Yes. He's not even a reader, my uh-huh. my oldest son, but he finished that book in two days. Oh, wow. <gasps> well um, so her books are amazing. Well done. <laughs> it, and it's just wonderful to see her book actually on um, in one of the mainstream supermarkets as well on yes. the shelf. So Zenab Mia, awesome, awesome, awesome. So pleased to see these dynamic mums doing exceptionally well so there's nothing really stopping you if you've got an idea just go ahead yeah, with yeah. it and that's what we're going to ask you what are the tips you're going to give to you could give to mums that want to go into business or set up their own um, social enterprises or startup companies we're going to do that straight after the break now we're still launching the competition um, thank you Maggie you have entered correctly um, if you if you want a chance to win tickets to the Mother Monologues performance on the 6th of March celebrating International Women's Day. we're giving away tickets on Inspire FM this morning. So do contact us on 07779481822. Tell us the name of the actual play itself, the full name. And we're also going to ask our wonderful sisters in the studio for International Women's Day. Who would their role model be? Who would they who would their role model be? Um, and just catch me straight off this. Assalamu alaikum. You're listening to an Inspire FM podcast making available our popular programs from our daily broadcast on Inspire FM. Catch a creative vibe on the Urban Cube with Sister Shamiza. Good morning and assalamu alaikum. 11 o'clock, Monday 24th February and it's the final hour of the Urban Cube show. I'm Shamiza taking you all the way up to 12 o'clock on this morning and I'm not alone in the studio. I'm joined by the very fabulous Yasmin Egala and Saima Siddiqui and we've been talking ethical fashion, books, children and everything else under the sun or under the wind um, this morning. You can catch the repeat of the show 8pm this evening. Now, before the break, I asked a question. I asked two questions, actually, before both the breaks. One question was, if there was a book title that um, the sisters in the studio would name um, a book after themselves, what would that be? And the second question I wanted to ask them um, was to find out uh, for International Women's Day, which is happening in two weeks time who is their role model so firstly just want to say salams back to my lovely ladies assalamu alaikum salam. how have you found the show ladies it's really good amazing yeah. it's, really good. <laughs> it's nice to just sit with two other mums yeah and just talk that's <laughs> without, it without isn't it the kids running oh, without any kids you know because life happens coffee helps um, and that's the title of them at the models just in case you wanted to know and you wanted to enter the competition did you see how i did that but you need a number people it's 07779481822 book titles that's what we're talking about. And the reason why we're talking about that is because, mashallah, um, Yasmin, you are an author and yeah. um, or the co-founder with your sister of Tiny Mummins. And also you're launching this very, very exciting uh, children's Muslim Children's Book Festival yeah. on March the 8th at yeah. Rumi's Cave. Now, to begin with, um, if a book, have you thought of a book title that yes. would best resonates with you? Um, mine would be Motherhood and Lipstick. Oh, <laughs> encompasses what I'm about lipstick motherhood <laughs> love it motherhood and lipstick you can't get out go out of the door without your no, lippy exactly. um, to face the world um, and 
And what about yourself, uh, Saima? I'm trying to think of something creative, but um, the for me, it's celebrate me. I think Ooh. it's all about just being who you are and really being true to yourself. And it's not about I need to fit in with that clique. Mm. It's I need to be me and celebrate mm. me. But can you celebrate you in the world of social media? That's the question I want to ask you, because there does seem to be a lot of pressure, um, especially I'm seeing more and more um, amongst the Muslim community of, of young girls being influenced by a set trend on social media, be that good or be that bad. Um, and everybody seems to look exactly the same. Yeah, <laughs> I think that's uh, it's nice to see a lot more diversity in mm -hmm. who we're following. You know, it's not just mm -hmm. the same celebrities and things. It's nice to see that young women from anywhere and everywhere are kind of taking to that platform. And I follow a lot of people, mm -hmm. um, Muslim and non, just to get advice, just to get tips. Mm -hmm. And, you know, there's some amazing moms who balance right. life and work. Uh -huh. And you discern from them. And then there's the moms who look good. It's like, how does she do that? Yeah, and, you yeah, know, you yeah, just yeah. need to catch those tips. But you're right, there is that kind of canvas of everyone's got the same face. Um, but I think eventually there will be a core set of people are people at the end of the day mm -hmm. and you resonate with me because you believe in what i believe in mm -hmm. or i resonate with you because of that uh. and i think that's what sticks eventually you'll get bored because i now don't watch makeup tutorials because i've done it i've gone through that phase yeah, yeah. i'm bored i get it now i still uh. don't do it but i get it <laughs> um but now i need to you know reach out to people who or learn from people who are in the same mindset as me mm -hmm. who believe what i believe who fight mm -hmm. for what i fight mm -hmm. for and you know kind of and i think that's where the longevity is so those people will fade out or hopefully they'll kind of get into that mindset of I need to give something a bit more. So um, it's, a, it's a bit fashionable at the moment and mm. fashion always fades and it's very yeah. fast and it's a new trend um, that will take its place, inshallah. And I hope it will be about sustainable issues yeah. and climate it's change deeper, and yeah. deeper, yeah. meaningful things that make a diff positive change. Apart from lipstick <laughs> and contouring. As much as I like lipstick, there's more to life than lipstick. <laughs> That's what it should be, motherhood and more, more to, to life, life than lipstick. lipstick. Yeah. That's your title, there Yasmin. There you go, that sounds, my title. That sounds more like you exactly. because it's more to you than lipstick, exactly. darling. But can you resonate with what Saima has just mentioned, Yasmin? Definitely. And I think if you're not careful, especially with social media and everything, you will literally be changing who you are every mm. week mm. because trends come and go so mm. quickly. I mean, one person can have 22,000 followers and you actually don't know why. Sometimes I go on people's pages, I'm like, what are you about? Except okay. for lipstick or, I'm not saying there's not, there's anything wrong with that, but like you were saying, we need something deeper because mm. the young people need to look up, what are you, what message yeah. are you giving? And I think with social media, you would literally be changing who you are every week mm -hmm. because things change so fast. So you need to really sit down and think about who you are, mm. not just following a trend and just change, being like a chameleon changing every, couple of days <laughs> i think on the flip side mm -hmm. although i'm no no you know like that makeup tutorial has its moment but these women it's what it's really nice to see is these girls are allowing you into their homes so you see yeah. their kids you see okay. their husbands and you do now see you know we've got this stigma or this kind of stereotype more that you know asian women or muslim women the husband is a very aggressive and mm -hmm. he's oppressed her and mm -hmm. she's wearing hijab because she but then you see their relationship and you see actually he's encouraging her to yeah. be this businesswoman, right. to be this entrepreneur, to be he's looking after the kids while she's doing this. And when you see that that aspect, mm -hmm. you start to think actually they're breaking down stereotypes. They're adding to the culture, they're adding to this. Um, and yes, they're 
there is that side of fashion and that oh. superficial side, but there is depth. There's a there par- is something. There's partnership. Yeah. Yeah. There yeah. is um, a cooperation, is partnership and, and encouragement. Of, yeah, you do look up to them and you think, actually, that is a good couple mm. there because he's doing what he wants to do, she's doing what she wants mm. to do, and they're raising a family. And, you know, that's what I'm doing with my husband. He's got his own life and I've mm. got my own life. And yeah. we've got family together. And I'm sure that's kind of how we all play with that. Um, so it's nice to see that aspect mm. and it's nice to see that real kind of this is what a woman is today or this is what a Muslim woman is or an Asian woman or whatever culture that they're representing. You're both successful Muslim women. Um, in the present context, the political context that we're in, the political world that we're in at the moment, um, how does that make you feel? Proud. Mm. Yeah. Tell Proud. me more. Share with me more. If you want Can to go first. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> you, um, I think it's... It's not just the Islam factor, but it's also the woman factor and the mum mm-hmm. factor. Because mm-hmm. we're now in this era of anything is possible. Your okay. voice matters. You can do this, that and the other. Mm-hmm. And I think it's so important now, um, especially because we've got Islamophobia and all these mm-hmm. things, you know, like these comments that people are making and they're still making it today that terrorism is related to Islam. But mm-hmm. you've seen so many incidents where it's not, it, it wasn't us. But it's nice to kind of see, um, to be a Muslim and to say, actually, I'm doing this and I'm making a positive impact mm-hmm. and I'm doing that and I'm, mm-hmm. you know, I'm doing, I'm a Muslim and kind of really be proud to say that mm-hmm. and uh, hopefully kind of build myself up to be more of a embodiment of what the Prophet taught. Inshallah. Yasmin? I think this is a really good time to be a Muslim woman because wow. we've gone through a lot. If we think about all the stereotypes, people thinking that we don't have voices, but actually, mm-hmm. You know, when you look around you, so many Muslim women are doing such great things. It's almost like the sky's the limit. Mm. I mean, I feel like we're taking ownership. We're like, if something is out, isn't there that we want, we're actually creating it ourselves. And I think that's amazing. And also, you're seeing a lot of collaboration amongst yeah. Muslim women, which I think is beautiful. I hear there's a collaboration on yeah, the cards here. Yes, Tell me more. What's going on? <laughs> Go on, you I know she's going to model for me. I've already yeah. hired her. <laughs> she's, be, she's more than lipstick. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. More than lipstick, She's darling. more than lipstick. That could be on the top. That exactly. Could be more than lipstick. That could be on That's your like, hijab yeah. or something. Like, more than lipstick. But um, there's a, there's an element of tiny mummins that yeah. isn't just children. It's also the youth oh, branch. Yeah. Exactly. So tell us a little bit more about that. Okay, so in December, we launched the Tiny Mummins Youth wing um basically aim for kind of 12 12 year olds up up to Mm -hmm. 16 year olds and we just want to empower the young you know the young the youth really Mm -hmm. to reach for the stars to really be comfortable in their own skin so me and simon have been talking about collaborating and trying to work together to empower more of the youth because we i do believe that the children are a future i know that sounds really cliche but um if we can do more to empower them i think it'll be good i think this is what we were talking about earlier in that technology you know Mm -hmm. here's a phone have fun and exactly but it's now more about creating those opportunities of actually take a ludo board and see what you can do with it Mm. and I also volunteer for Islamic Relief and we're an organ- um, we do a project called Charity Week, which I've been part of for the past like, mm. decade. And I've seen it grow from just London to now international. And um, it's a project where kids, not just kids, but any age group. So we started with university students, but now we go as young as nursery. Mm-hmm. And they're fundraising for Islamic Relief. For, and the aim is that I'm here in London, you're there in South Africa, there's someone in America, and we're all part of the same project in the same week at the same time 
fundraising for orphans and children around mm-hmm. the world and we're just really showing that when you stand together and when you stop saying mm-hmm. that I'm a hijabi and you're not a hijabi yeah. therefore mm-hmm. I'm I have a beard or I read this prayer and I, yeah. you know whatever it is when you just break down those barriers mm-hmm. and say actually I'm a Muslim you're a Muslim let's work together end of story you know the beautiful thing I've been seeing of late there is more camaraderie mm-hmm. amongst yes. all sectors of the Muslim community practicing non-practicing but people are coming to that especially in the charity sector yeah. yeah is that camaraderie and i love that i love seeing those pictures where you've got such a different wealth of people and the way they look and the yeah. way they express their um islamic identity as well um you have been working uh, with islamic relief as the international head of design for charity week mashallah Um, And one thing about Islamic Relief is the number of years I've been presenting on the Urban Cube, I've always felt that they were very ahead of their time. They were the charity that was really, really motivating and um, educating the Muslim community about climate change Hmm. um, and getting us aware about not wasting water, um, ethical iftars. And we've had Zunaira Malik, who um, has been quite prominent in uh, this uh, awareness of climate change change so well done by Islamic Relief I just felt they were the one charity that was actually recognizing um, the importance of I think um, it's twofold because not only do mm. they do that here mm. but their projects which they mm. implement wherever they're also sustainable and it's more about empowering those people in those communities mm. so that we're not just a charity you know giving yeah. to them it's we've given you the initial fund mm-hmm. and we've built this up for you now you guys maintain it and I think that's what people need rather than hand-me-downs yeah um, I think you build a more sustainable more long-term impact that way um, and also the projects that they're doing are more sustainable anyway they don't hurt you know like if you build a well I don't think it's as sustainable and it's not as good for that community as if you build a water tower for example mm-hmm. um, And again, it's a one-time investment. It might be a bit more expensive, but it'll give you a longer payoff. And I think that's what they're really good at. Fantastic. Um, 12 minutes past 11, Monday, 24th of February. And this is the Urban Cuba show with myself, Shamiza, taking you all the way up to 12 o'clock. And also joining me in the studio is a very awesome Saima Siddiqui, who is uh, talking to us about her eco-modest fashion online brand, which is the first of its kind. Um, It's an eco-conscious modest wear brand, uh, which has enabled her to be shortlisted as a finalist for Islam Channel Startup Business of the Year Award. Mashallah. Um, she's also the, a, uh, working with Lauren Booth on a podcast called Tayyib Way, discussing the Islamic responsibility for protecting our environment. I want to ask you, how is that accessible, that podcast? That is on YouTube. Okay. So I can send you the YouTube link, and it's uh, on a YouTube channel called Salam. Mm-hmm. And so she's got a podcast called Tayyib Way, mm-hmm. where she's working with different people in different mm-hmm. areas of life. So she did one, I think, last week. Um, with somebody on shopping and mm-hmm. like the small changes you can make in your shopping habits. Yeah. So choose um, loose bananas over mm. plastic packeted bananas. Um, and th- you know, just really. So, are you have you been featured on this regularly, or is it just the one-off that you've so done? So, this is something new that she has recently started. Okay. So, she is filming the upcoming episodes. So I should be in one of the, I think, episode well, hey. five or six. And what is um, it that you're talking about? So, mine is again related to Be and Humble, which is mm. uh, my fashion brand, and mm-hmm. about how to go for brands which aren't fast fashion. So we're not about 
you know changing season so quickly mm. i don't bring in clothes every mm. week mm. for me it's this is my season mm. we are this is such a long durable top it's cotton it's you know it's a nice top that you can wear for a really long time wash it reuse it reuse it reuse it yeah, and yeah. it'll still look great yeah. and um also talking about how packaging matters so i for example we did a shop my husband and i online from a, a really well known brand and it came in packets upon packets and there's so much plastic all over my living room wow. and i just thought i've ordered it you know like a t-shirt why did it need that many plastic packets mm. why did it come in a plastic packet followed by a cardboard box followed yeah. by a bigger cardboard box yeah. <laughs> you know it's um and these are questions that we should be asking mm. our brands because mm. they and for me and this is what i will be saying to Lauren as well in the podcast is that's why i'm against i'm not packaging upon packaging of yeah. it's one bag it's going to have everything in it and that bag is biodegradable or it's cotton or you know um so that's what we're kind of talking about choosing the right brands things that you need to look out for in shops things that you need to think about when it comes to fashion mm-hmm. it's not fast fashion don't worry about the trend yeah. worry about the long long term mm-hmm. aspect long-term. and it's also yeah. changing your mindset as well <laughs> and not being um a slave to fashion yeah even Definitely. though and one thing about ethical fashion is is that the, it's recognizing who is actually making your clothes yeah. you know who is because there is unfortunately sweatshops yeah. and unfair pay for um employees in the third world yeah. these real these high street stores are making a lot of profit on the blood and sweat unfortunately of laborers in the third world and it's I've just been quite aware and conscious of mm. that um um coming to yasmin mashallah treasures mm. of jannah yes um, children's <laughs> book aimed to instill the love of jannah heaven in little hearts and minds tell me more that sounds so sweet that's the title of your book right yes yes so um it's been two years since mm-hmm. i published um, treasures of jannah and it's basically a story about twins so a boy and girl mm-hmm. adam and hannah so they go to visit their grandma for the weekend and as we all know our grandmas tell the most amazing stories yeah. doesn't they <laughs> yeah so um their grandma tells them about this place you know this place of pleasure and delight is jannah and really um the story brings jannah i know we we haven't been to heaven so we don't know what it looks like but the kids basically talk about what they would like to do in jannah mm-hmm. oh. so it basically teaches the readers about jannah but in a very interactive way through the minds of children um so and actually how did i come up with the idea my own children so i would lit i told them about jannah and i kind of listened to what the things that they would like to do so we've got riding on a dinosaur so oh, hey. <laughs> riding on a dinosaur dancing with flowers um like um a chocolate slide oh, wow. never having a bedtime <laughs> all of that exactly so really it's just really it. um, a positive story to yeah, really yeah. um attach children to the afterlife but not in a preachy way yeah, yeah. kind of a fun way um the only connection yeah. i knew about afterlife you got to burn in hell exactly. girl and that's all they heard i heard and i shouldn't even say this am i allowed to say this that's the only thing i remember about growing up and going to the masjid that's the only story yeah. i would remember relating to anything to do with the afterlife you will burn in hell because you've done this this and this and that's not exactly. a nice thing to hear it's not empowering and actually that was why i was like you know what i'm not going to teach obviously i'm going to teach my children about hell but mm. i want to teach them about paradise yes. i want to be pos- positive that should you know? be that should be the key thing that's the exactly. thing that should be talking about more not instilling fear is that the prophet mm. never spread islam that way either exactly. he never told you that you know if you don't join us you're going exactly. it was always no the oneness of allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the way forward and it was always in a positive light that you'll get this if you do this you'll get this if you do this or um and i think 
it's, it's culture, I guess, or it's that ease of if I drive fear into you, then you'll do what mm. I say, which was a culture back then, but isn't the culture now at no, all. It's out of love and tenderness <laughs> exactly. and being kind and that level of humility. Where we, and it's so important to, more so now, to, to do that. But it's also about our actions. It's like you said, being an ambassador, yeah. having, uh, you know, setting an example in, in everything that we do. Um, Folks, the show that you're listening to is The Urban Cube, um, 18 minutes past 11, and absolute pleasure to be joined by two very inspirational ladies that are helping me lead into International Women's Week. I mean, every day is International Women's Day, I think. <laughs> the question I asked them before the break was, is there a, a one particular woman that inspires them, or a few? So starting off with Yasmin, is there anybody that inspires you? Uh, there's a lot, but I I settled on Aisha, uh, this is the wife of the prophet. She inspires me because I think when you think of Muslim women, you think of somebody timid, young, mm -hmm. kind of, mm. you know, battered almost by the that's the stereotype that we're given but she's a very strong character a bit like me <laughs> strong character she was a scholar in her own right um and you know just just her spirit mm. goes against what mm. people assume, assume yeah. that a, a muslim woman is yeah. um even even after the prophet died she was still you know a scholar given knowledge and mm. she quoted a lot of the hadith and she's still very respected. and it was the women of the time it exactly. was the wives of the prophet peace be upon him who yeah. actually were the leaders leading the way in sharing exactly. the narrative and the hadiths and, and everything that they, which was taught to them. And we forget that. Exactly. And it's exactly. these little tiny things. If we'd know more about them, gosh, yeah. it changes exactly. everything. everything. <laughs> yes, definitely. So she's definitely number one for me. Wow, wow. <laughs> and I, yeah, I totally get that. Yeah. Um, and yourself, Saima? I think, yeah, no, she's a really good one to have mm -hmm. from the kind of historical sense mm -hmm. and to see you know, like as one of the mothers of Islam, mm. that's a really nice one to, um, she's a really nice person to look up to. Um, I think in the current, like, day and age, for me, I, my husband's going to tell me off for saying this, um, but Angelina Jolie, for me, has always stood out. Really? That's so intriguing. <laughs> I'm because not going to say anything. I wanna, oh, yeah, go ahead. Not from the kind of acting perspective, but I think what she's done is she's elevated herself to a position of power in terms of, you know, financial status or whatever mm -hmm. it is. But she's an ambassador for UNICEF. She's um, what she does across the world. It's quite interesting in how she uses her position mm -hmm. to, you know, like um, put voices out there. Mm -hmm. She now produces movies to give voices to young children mm -hmm. in Cambodia or, you know, wherever else. And I think that's it's a nice thing to do mm -hmm. that you get yourself to a point mm -hmm. where you can now influence others and influence them in a really positive way. Interesting, interesting. I want to ask our listeners this morning if there is somebody that inspires you, a female, do get in contact with us. Is it a woman um, in Islam um, or is it a present day, present day um, female? Uh, and would love to find out from you. And how to do that is contact us on 07779 on today's show, we've been talking about everything and anything under the sun, from motherhood to lipstick. Yeah. Um, why not? They both can go hand in hand. But I'm also going to... Um, climate change is, is a very significant um, element to the urban cube. We do we talk about the climate change quite consistently um, across the shows. And um, so I was really quite uh, intrigued by this following article that I came across, which actually is talking about prescribing houseplants for anxiety and depression. So when's the last time 
You bought yourself a house plant, or do you have house plants in your home, Yasmin? Well, no, because they die. I just, I just look. I can't keep my kids alive and then plants as well. So when I, when I buy plants, they just die within days. So I, I have artificial plants. I know they're not the most, you know, eco eco friendly, but you know, I just. I'm not capable of keeping them alive. So. Yeah, I love that. Plastic fantastic. Artificial plants. They last longer than the real thing. We'll go for the plastic stuff. No maintenance. Stuff. Yeah. No maintenance. No maintenance. Um, what about yourself, uh, Simon? I'm not a plant person because, again, I kill them. Oh. And I don't know what it is because I water them, but they just die anyway. Um, so it's just safer for them not to be around me. But my mother-in-law, she loves plants, so we have loads mm. of plants around mm. the house. And um, she maintains them and... They do bring colour in the house and there is kind of a sense of zen. It's yeah. actually really nice. It's, it just makes it... I think humans are automatically drawn to nature. Um, so when you live in a brick building, yeah. that plant does bring you back to that deep-rooted connection that you have with nature. And I can imagine that it does bring you some sort of zen. And, you know, my mum's the same. She used to love gardening. And when she does it, she does it so well mm. that it just looks peaceful. You need to have that kind of sight something Definitely. nice to look at yeah. and, it, and it takes time and commitment yeah. and my mother oh you know she's she's got green fingers yeah. I don't know what I've got I've got purple fingers because <laughs> it's uh, those plants ain't hanging around uh, <laughs> in my space but um, it is it's something I want to do more of in the future inshallah that's like my vision my dream that's to be around plan. the environment <laughs> be in the garden you know living in my shoe house with all the six children running around and I've got my little garden patch but it's a simple dream like that and that's all I want I just want to have that time to just focus it's peaceful, on it's isn't it yeah. beautiful yeah. And, and I can totally understand why doctors are prescribing it and it's very interesting that um art has been prescribed as well mm, yeah. going outdoors is being prescribed it's the very simple things i mean yeah. this is we've lost all these things isn't mm. it like we're now just stuck in our phones it's exactly you know i think of patch adams um i don't know if you've seen that movie where mm. robin williams he portrays a doctor who prescribed laughing and oh, he yeah. actually opened a practice where his primary medicine was just laughing okay. and he was i think I think he was a qualified doctor and he went and did this and um, he found that it did boost. You know, he obviously needed mm. the help of medicines and mm. things like that, but it did recover. they did recover a lot quicker or a lot better or their lifestyle was a lot better than um, just medicines and beds and, you know, like tubes and things like that. But it's again, it's that kind of mm. human need. Humans need those basic things, those no very normal things, which unfortunately aren't normal anymore. <laughs> <laughs> which is really, really yeah. quite sad. Simplicity mm. of life, um, human, um, you know, uh, human contact, yeah. um, hu just taking a step back mm. and just allowing yourself to be. Yeah. yeah, we don't do that enough. No. We're not doing enough mindfulness. We're not. And maybe prayer enables that. Yes, prayer. Um, would you agree, ladies? Yeah, you yeah definitely. And I think it, it, the good thing about prayer is, you know, they talk about meditation and yoga and mm. all of that. Actually, but it gives you that couple of minutes outside your busy day, whatever mm. you're doing, to kind of just take ground a moment. Yeah, ground yourself. yourself. Even making sojourn is kind of therapeutic in it's a way. Because, yeah, well, it's humbling. It? Yeah. I think if you go too fast, too far, too fast, you just kind of feel this hype. But then when you come back to your yeah. Lord and you realise, actually, mm -hmm. I need to humble myself. And I'm doing this for a bigger reason than just yeah. money, than just whatever it is, fame and you know things. I think that really grounds you, and again, that gives you that longevity to keep going. You've got a shout out from Brother Bilal 
Oh, thank you for that. That's the reason I'm here today. Yeah, we'll be in contact with you. So big shout out from him. Thank you, Brother Bilal, uh, for being a supporter of the show and introducing me yes, to the very fabulous you. Saima. Um, thank you so very much for that. Now we're heading off to a break, guys. After the break, there's going to be a lot more conversation um, in the final half hour, half an hour of the show. And um, do enter the competition for the Mother Monologues to win some tickets. So join me straight after this. Assalamu alaikum. You're listening to an Inspire FM podcast, making available our popular programs from our daily broadcast on Inspire FM. Catch a creative vibe on the Urban Cube with Sister Shamiza. Hey. Assalamu alaikum and a very good morning to you. It is the final half an hour of the Urban Cube show with myself and the wonderful Yasmin Gala and Simon Siddiqui. See, oh gosh, you should have done that from <laughs> the beginning. You say your name so well. I wonder why, because they belong to you, right? Um, absolute pleasure having these amazing sisters joining me on the Urban Cube this morning, um, really inspiring me with their creative journeys of um, social entrepreneurship, um, from launching a eco-modest fashion online business that has been shortlisted for an award. Congratulations, Saima, for that. Thank you. <laughs> um, and also uh, a... Uh, the first of its kind, kind a uh, children's Muslim book festival with lots of fun activities but, um, led by Yasmin um, as well. So congratulations on that, guys. Really, really exciting <laughs> things. Um, I want to ask you, um, Saima, how does it feel to be shortlisted now as a finalist uh, uh, for a business award? It's really humbling. And it's quite, no, I'm in that kind of stage of will I win, will I not win, what do I, and I've got an interview next week actually with them, um, which is kind of the round two. Okay. And so round one was the business and we've uh -huh. kind of submitted the application and they've asked all the questions and now round two is I have to go speak to them. Wow. <laughs> um, so I'm quite nervous and it's the first time that we've done anything and it's such a new brand. So for me, everything is so, so new, mm. even coming to the radio station. Um, but it's exciting to be recognized. It's really nice to see that the hard work that we're putting in is being noticed by someone, um, especially in the Islamic community, because we are doing this for us, um, for Muslims in this kind of Western mm. Islamic world. Mm. And um, just to be appreciated for what we're doing is really nice. What do you think having the award will do for the biz business or um, your future? I think it'll definitely, from a personal point of view, mm -hmm. it'll give me a boost okay. because it, it's almost, you know, you need that recognition of all that validation mm -hmm. that, you know, I trust my brand. I know my customers trust my brand, but now we need it on a bigger platform mm -hmm. and it's nice to kind of get that recognition from someone as big as Islam Channel. Um, but also from a brand perspective, it's just going to open more doors, I guess. It's, um, we're not just, again, it's, we're not just fashion and that's why I really want to push forward that it's not just about looking good, it's about feeling good because of the decisions that you've mm, made and mm. I think that's what Islam Channel are hopefully recognising in us and I need that voice to be projected out Inshallah. and I think that's, yeah, it'll definitely do that. Do you think she's on for a win? Definitely, yes. definitely. <laughs> We've You're got some amazing, win. actually, um, competitors with us so it, it's it'll be interesting to hear their stories as well and um yeah let's see wishing May the best them. man win May the best person win. woman a woman but it's actually mixed it's mixed okay but we want to say the best woman because okay. yeah. we're all about <laughs> the women here darling but uh, what advice could you give to anybody who's wanting to launch say a fashion brand or a startup company 
I think you need to have very strong values. Mm-hmm. Don't just do it for the fame. Don't do it for the money. Don't do it for that kind of superficial because that will only last you a very short while. Mm-hmm. Um, you need to have, there should be a problem in your mind that you're solving. And there should be, like I said, I want to, this isn't for me just a project where I needed clothes, therefore I launched mm-hmm. a brand. It's more about I need to change something. I need to leave that impact. I need to kind of inspire my children and say, actually, we didn't do this for the money. We did it because you know, climate change is an issue and I need to highlight that. And as a Muslim, I need to kind of Mm -hmm. do something about Mm -hmm. it or um, Muslim women need more representation. We need more access to clothes or whatever it is, Mm -hmm. whatever your problem is. But make sure it has something deeper than Mm -hmm. the superficial level of I'm a fashion brand following a trend. be the mold, don't fit the mold. That kind of, kind of <laughs> <Love> <laughs> Be the mold. That's don't my fit other the book mold. that I'm going to publish. Yay! Um, but I want to ask you, um, Saima, did you not ever feel a little bit scared? Because we're seeing more and more high street shops. We've been in business for many a year, um, closing down, and everything is now becoming online. So, does that not worry you with the present economic climate as well? That you could have possibly been taking a, a huge risk. It did, but I think there was a definite gap in the market for the product. Mm-hmm. Um, we are an online brand anyway. Um, and uh, I think for me, it was all, all about balancing motherhood with managing this. So I made sure it was an online brand. And I, we already know the high street's closing, so there's no point in me investing yeah. in that anyway. Um, and it's just so much easier to so do it online. Are you running it from home? Yes. Uh-huh. And so how big's your team? Me, myself and I. And, and my you, husband. And the little baby. <laughs> yeah. Wow. I mean, we've got like a lot of family support. So I think okay. we I need to include them in this um, because we've got, for example, my mother-in-law, my mm-hmm. sister-in-law, my side, my cousins. Um, there's, you know, there's so many people I reach out to for so many different things. Um, but essentially, it does come down to my husband and myself and the baby. Um, he does a lot. He travels with us everywhere we go. Bless. And but that's what makes it so great, isn't it? Yeah. You can actually take your child with you if yeah. you are self-employed, if they are good and don't make a lot of noise and sit in the corner um, and don't um, photo bomb or video bomb your <laughs> conference calls as we've seen on oh, he's um, done that, that. that story. Yeah. Oh, that was so hilarious. Um, coming to you, Yasmin, and the same questions that I've asked um, Saima, advice that you would, could give to any potential authors out there? Just do it. Um, take action and do it. And you have your story is worthy to be out in the world mm. because I think that's a fear that we all feel and who will listen. But just do it. Um, don't overthink it. Start writing and call out to people that you know have done it before. Um, and just do it because we need we need more of the stories out of there. Yeah. So your publishing journey, how easy was it for you to get from uh, from the words to the paper to print? I would say I winged it the whole time. Oh, it's not like. <laughs> Um, so I had an idea and I just started writing. I didn't even know what publishing would look like. And right. every step of the way, I called out to people that I knew had done it mm-hmm. and kind of learned along the way. So it's been a long journey where I've learned quite a steep learning curve because mm-hmm. aside from writing and you have to get somebody to illustrate it, if it's mm-hmm. a children's picture book and publishing. So I self-published um, and then design, um, deciding on the printers and advertising, mm-hmm. marketing. But it's, it's worth it. It's worth it to see my book 
out there in the world. Mashallah, um, may it continue. Will, so will you be talking about your book at the uh, the um, Muslim Children's Book Festival? Yes, I will be. It'll be on sale and I'll be there talking about my journey as well. Oh, mashallah. <laughs> Tell us one more time, how can people get um, to this event and um, where, what are the socials for it? Okay, so you can find us on um, Facebook, Tiny Mutmins. So if you just tiny space Mutmins, mm. um, our page is there. You can also go on our website, www.tinymutmins.com com and you can get tickets there for the 8th of march Rumi's cave one till four and um because we can't plug your brand because that's advertising but what i want to say is how can people um get in contact with you saima uh so we're on facebook and instagram uh be and humble uh-huh. and you can also buy straight direct from us on our website www.beandhumble.com okay fantastic which we did do but hey no worries oh. <laughs> Um, and also your other work that you're doing, your charity work as well. Do you continue that? Because, you know, you're the head of um, chari- head of design for Charity Week. So when does that happen? Everything happens when the baby is asleep. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I think uh, one thing as a mom you learn to do is just time keep. Mm. And every moment is so precious when you have a baby. Um, so he's got his schedule and it doesn't always go to according to plan, but mostly it does. And I think with kids, if you give them what they want and mm-hmm. what they need, so whether it's entertainment, food, whatever it is, they then respond better. So, you know, there are days where if I'm not giving him that attention, whether it's reading a book, playing, mm-hmm. um, you know, he'll f- fight back a bit or he'll be a bit more cranky. But it's, I know it's because I just haven't given him what he needs. So mostly, you know, we'll have a structure where daytime, me and him, we go out, we do our kids' mm-hmm. activities mm-hmm. and things like that. Then he has a good nap and that's my time to do me and do okay. charity week, do be and humble, whatever it is. Um, and even and does in that evenings- give you a lovely work-based balance, as in for your mental health as well? Because there is, seems to be, I saw an article that said uh, the, uh, the hardest job is being um, a stay-at-home mum. Uh, it, it, and just focusing <coughs> entirely on that makes it very it actually does impact the it depends on health. your personality to be honest because there's somebody I follow on YouTube um, and I used to get tips from her mm-hmm. you know on how she's got three sons but she her life is about maintaining the home mm-hmm. and that's what she finds passion in that's right. what she enjoys and she you know she makes YouTube mm-hmm. videos on how I keep the house clean with three kids oh, and things like that yeah so <laughs> she um <laughs> So, but I guess her outtake would be her YouTube channel and that's her kind of mm, me time. Her outlet. Um, yeah. So yeah. I think everyone needs an outlet, whether that's a job, whether that's something like a, a creative something, whether it's painting, you know, whatever, anything. Um, but I think it's important to find that me time. Um, so for you, Yasmin, what's your me time? Do you know what? Going to work is actually quite good um, because you can speak to adults because that's oh. one thing. I was oh. at home for a bit um, when I had my children, but yeah. Um, reading, I love to read. Um, and I also like to go out. I'm quite a social butterfly. So mm-hmm. I love theatre. So I'll definitely Ooh. be coming to Yay! to the theatre production. Uh-huh. I love theatre. I just uh-huh. love to see, you know, live acting. I like going to cinema. I just like socialising. So what makes you curious about going to see the Mother Monologues? Why would you want to go and watch that, do you think? Because I think it'll be real, authentic. Mm. I'm, looking f- I'm looking forward to the realness that I'm we're going to experience when we go there and we hear from these mothers and their mm. real stories. And I think I'll be able to relate to, if mm. not some, but all of it. I'm mm. really I'm really excited to hear that. Wow. 
that kind of gives me um, takes me to the competition, the the mm-hmm. monologues competition. If you fancy winning a free ticket to go and attend the production, then you need to tell me what is the title, the full title of the Mother Monologues play. Um, WhatsApp is on oh seven 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 nine four eight one eight two two. Now, if you're listening in from Sheffield or Peterborough this morning, you can enter too. Um, the Hat Factory in Luton is where it's been showcased. It's March the sixth at seven thirty on the Friday, and it's a production that is uh, set in a a coffee shop where mothers are sharing their journeys whilst drinking a cup of coffee and tea. The title of the play is called Life Happens Coffee Helps. And and I want to ask my lovely ladies, you know what? Um, when you want to just have a bit of respite, do you do you, do you like a bit of a natter and a bit of coffee and tea with uh, with friends? Does that help? I'm it depends. I think everything's it depends on how my week has been because mm-hmm. my week is quite full of we have uh, my side and my husband's side are quite big mm-hmm. so we have a lot of socials so sometimes I just want a cup of tea my kind of TV and the door's closed oh, just that <laughs> simple just, yeah, as that. something as simple sometimes it's um, you just need to see your sisters mm-hmm. so you just plan a day out and mm-hmm. um, it depends on the kind of how the week has been mm-hmm. if it's been a quiet week then I have to get out if it's been a busy week I need to just go in my cave. Bless you. Go in your cave. I like that. For me, it's a cupboard (laughs) with five locks. Oh, my days. And the inside has the code, security code, you know, because when they start knocking on that door, (laughs) bless you. I love my kids. I do. I promise you, she says. um, Yasmin, what about you? Me time, coffee, conversations. Definitely. Tea and natta is definitely me. Slice of cake, um, Victoria Sponge, talking my language. You know, me up with somebody, have a good old chat. That is, you know, rejuvenating for me. (laughs) Nice, nice. Just letting go, forgetting that um, you've got some whinging children at home. No, we love kids. We do. do, I promise you, we do. Guys, it's 11.42. It's the Urban Cube show with myself, Shamiza and Yasmin Igala. Simon Siddiqui. I love that. Um, (laughs) These lovely ladies are keeping me company on the show today. We've been talking fashion. We've been talking books. We've been talking cake. It can't get better than that, right? So, um, but we're also talking giveaways and we were giving away the Mother Monologue um, show tickets on on today's show as well. And we're also going to roll over the competition for next Monday too. So the title of the play is Mother Monologue's Life Happens, Coffee Helps. And we're asking you, what is the play? I'm giving it away, people. I'm in that type (laughs) of mood this morning because I've had coffee. (laughs) Um, The show you're listening to is The Urban Cube. The repeat of the show will be 8 p.m. this evening. And you can catch all the conversations on Facebook Live. We are live streaming at the moment. Thank you for the folks that have been connecting us with us this morning, all the way from Bangladesh. We've got some. (laughs) listening in from Bangladesh assalamu alaikum to you as well um and thank you for tuning in now um Simon Simon and Yasmin Simon you're you've come all the way from London but I understand that your family in America listening in to you so my parents are in America at the moment so they're doing my kind of they're my ambassadors over there we've got my husband doing the whole UK he's just (laughs) I've just looked at my whatsapp and he's just messaged every possible group that we're in (laughs) wow Um, wow that's awesome what about you Yasmin you need to you need to kind of like up up the game a little bit I need to get my family back in Ghana to you know listen in (laughs) that's it yeah Yeah, beyond Milton Keynes darling come on guys (laughs) show us a bit of love but um, 
What's really beautiful is the fact that, you know, we're hearing a potential collaboration here. Sisterhood is so needed in these times. And have you found sisterhood in your work that you're doing? Are you finding it easy connecting with other women? What we find on social media is I'm always hearing that, you know, women are knocking women, bringing women down. There isn't enough sisterhood, but I've seen the opposite. I think nowadays there's a lot more sisterhood. I mean, the thing is, everyone's different. Some people want to collaborate, some mm. won't. But I think generally I've had positive experiences with collaboration. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I think even in the community, you see a lot more women just coming together for to support certain causes. And I think we inspire each other in different, different ways. Um, so it's nice to see women kind of coming together. And I'm loving the uniqueness. Everybody yes. is doing something slightly different, mm. which is wonderful to see. Um, and we're seeing a lot more businesses from the home. We're seeing um, a lot more women d working from the home too, which is really interesting to see like cottage industries yeah. yes. being created. Um, so that's really, really inspiring. Um, folks, it's 11.45 and um, you're listening to The Urban Cube. We've been talking about lots of interesting stories across the show from native English speakers for behind children of um, immigrants in doing GCSE maths, which is really interesting, <laughs> from prescribing houseplants for anxiety and depression. We also talked about Netherlands making trains free um, on a national book day for those who show a book instead of a ticket. And we've also talked about um, everything and anything related to mum and <laughs> mum and panures. This is a new word that I'm hearing more and more. And it really makes me um, smile when I hear that because when we think of mums, we just think of, okay, it's yeah. just focusing on the home. Um, and there has been a kind of a lot of, not I'm not going to use the term stigma, but a lot of um, stereotyping of mums that just stay at home, have it easy. But we know it's not that no. easy, is it? No. Um and also, there should be a choice. If you want to be a mum looking after your children, that's all you want to do, then you should be allowed to just get on with that. Do, would you agree with that, ladies? Yeah. We're all very different. No, definitely. I, I would say when I went back to work, when my son was one, I think about nine years ago, I think there was a bit of a mummy, mummy war. Mm. So the stay-at-home mums versus the working mums mm. is always one or the other. But I think nowadays people are ex um, respecting people's choices and mm. there's no right or wrong. Yeah. Like yeah. you said, Simon, it depends on you, what your vision is and who you are. Some people need to get out of the house. Some people don't. And it's okay. We can all be great mums, mm. whether we're working mums or stay-at-home mums. I also think... I think staying at home is actually really difficult. I don't it's know hard. why people say it's, it's easy. It's, it's easier to go to work for me yeah. than to be at home. I think when you're at home, you have to manage your own time. Yeah. And you, that that in itself is a skill. Wow. Then when yeah. you've got however many children, school mm. runs, clubs, yeah. like I look yeah. at the women around me and I think she has to clean that house and it's a huge house. She has to, she's got different kids in different schools, different wow. age groups, and they have to pick and drop and then strategically find parking and you know, like all those <laughs> stories. And then, you know, like the lunches and wherever else. That in itself is a job. That's a yes. huge, huge job. And I think it's so underappreciated and very undervalued. And I think we need to show so much respect to women who, you know, give their life to raise their children because that is our future. Um, and again, like you said, it's about respecting people's decisions. Mm. Um, you know, some women frown upon you sent your kid to preschool or wherever oh, it is, okay. but it's your own choice. It's your own life. It, you know what's best for your family. And as a mum, you'd never make a decision yeah. without considering your children. 
So and for me, you know, this is between me and my family. This is between you yeah. and your family. And what you've chosen, yeah, you know best. And what mm. I've chosen is best for us. Um, Definitely, it's just about respect. I think. And it does go undervalued, Very I much. think. Um, and we don't realise how much I'm like, I'm now a parent and I realise how much my mum actually had to do for me. Mm. Um, and I really appreciate her sacrifices. Um, yeah, so, um, and... Oh. I think you don't realise it until yeah. you're in it. Yeah, yeah. exactly, exactly. Um, I'm just like exhausted from just even thinking about it, thinking <laughs> about what I've got to go back to at home, all the cleaning. Um, and how do you manage your cleaning? What What are the, the, the <laughs> tips that you could give to me? Because my house is totally upside down. <laughs> I would say I, I do it in as I go along I'm not I don't know I feel like my my house doesn't stay clean for you know some people clean once a week and mm. it stays clean no I have to constantly clean because my children mm. would just make mess and mm -hmm. I feel yeah, like I'm children clean, bring, yeah. but I'm of the notion of I think before I used to just constantly be cleaning something but then that just takes up all your time and you're yeah. not doing anything yeah. else so I think you just have to have a bit of routine so you know one day would be downstairs one day is upstairs mm. and then the rest of the week just leave it it's fine mm -hmm. you know you have to pick up yeah the toys and things like that but the vacuuming i don't need to do it every day uh, i don't need to do dusting every just have your routine yeah and, and then make your piece of the rest especially if you've got kids stick, um, yeah and and sometimes you know children need to create messes yeah it's, it's a fine. learning it's part thing of, yeah. for them and it's about childhood um i just wish i had a cleaner yeah, to, yeah. To pick a living cleaner. <laughs> a living cleaner. Um, um, there was this big trend about minim minimalism. Get oh, rid yeah. of mm. everything in your house. Yeah. And just have an empty house, and that is also something um, that can coincide with like your wardrobe as well, like fashion. Mm. Having a capsule wardrobe rather than um, yeah, following trends. Uh, would you? I mean, is that something you could relate to or talk to us a bit about? It's actually something I'm working towards. Mm. Um, so I did do like a, I regularly clear out my wardrobe and I make sure that the pieces I have are pieces I wear. Mm. And, you know, sometimes people gift you things or sometimes. Mm. Um, so obviously your wardrobe does build up even if you're not shopping. Yeah. Um, but you have to make sure that all the pieces that you've hidden at the back, that they come forward and you actually really recognize what is in my cupboard. Because sometimes you buy things and then you realize, mm. actually, I've already got that. Yeah. Or mm. I should have used that instead of, you know, I don't need that pair of trousers because I already had this and I could make this work. And I think we live in such an age where anything goes. Um, there isn't, although there is, you know, fashion trends and things that are going, you could really make your own thing. And mm. we live in such yeah. a diverse kind of community that everything works. Um, so I think you have to really play around and really get creative with what you have um, before you go out and buy ex extra things because you're just... Because the amount of clothes that are not worn have uh, can exceed up to £10,000 per year, mm. I'd wow. read. You know, the amount of clothes that you'd bought but you've actually not worn at the back of your wardrobe. So it's actually really, really, we could save so much money yeah. if we're not drawn into this, this need and desire yeah. to have the next best look. Um, and I've tried and, and tips and advice I've always kind of followed is like, you know, go to charity shops, mm. do a bit of a swap shop. Yeah. Um, have, there's lots of swap shops that are kind of are being set up at the moment where people um, can swap their clothes with somebody else's clothes. Yeah. And I think that's a great idea. Yeah, that's yeah. a good idea. Yeah, Recycling, upcycling, things like that are so important mm -hmm. because, again, you're just reducing that waste if mm -hmm. you throw it away or if you, you know, if you're not using it to its maximum it's actually just impacting the world in another way mm. and i think it's so important to find these other avenues and they are coming up like these are new trends not i wouldn't say trends but then more um value-led projects that people yeah. are establishing that actually 
this is how you should be thinking. This is another option that you have apart from throwing it out. Yeah. Um, yeah. And even things like we do this. Um, so I've got a two-year-old. My sister-in-law has a one-and-a-half-year-old. And I've got, you know, cousins around. So I've got my husband's sister, for example. She'll always save the best pieces of her son's clothes and give them to us. Oh, or like, you know, between yeah. the cousins, they all share clothes. Cool. Um, and it's such a, it's nice because it's got sentimental value. That's from his cousin or that's from so-and-so. And, um, you know, even yesterday I was talking to my sister-in-law. I said, I've got spare nappies because my son's grown out of them. Does your son fit? You know, you just kind of yeah, share yeah. things and toys. Kids, although they get bored of toys, if you, you put it away, yeah. yeah, I swapped with my sister-in-law. <laughs> and then six months later, I bought it back. And now for my son, it's a whole new toy. It's <laughs> yeah. like, no, you had this. And you're See, you've just got to be <laughs> yeah. smart. Yeah. And it's yeah. about being smart. Yeah. Um, and and accepting it's, it's a mindset isn't it accepting it is. it's okay to do this and sticking by it and that's the thing we don't stick by things like they used to in the old day because olden days because it was no choice but to mm. you were limited by what you access you had to money yeah. and um for just resources so our parents were very stringent now i just feel that we have access to so much we're not as strict with ourselves no. and i think that's i'm failing on that part I think I could budget better. I think I could save better. I think I could upcycle better. But it's a learning curve. Yeah. Um, with Ramadan coming, um, Alhamdulillah, it's not far away. Um, do you think there would be there is going to be uh, another drive for like uh, Muslims to be a bit more conscientious around so. green issues? I think it should. Uh, we shouldn't wait for Ramadan. It should just be. You know, these are current issues that are happening every single day. Mm. And they're so part of Islam that we should just be celebrating them and talking about them and discussing them. And, you know, you look at the new mosques that are being mm. made and the eco masjids mm. and things like that. Mm. So we are getting there. And no community, no organization, even my own brand, it's not perfect. And I think we shouldn't be pushing people and saying, oh, you're not perfect. You're not good enough. It's you took a step in the right direction. Well done. Now let's mm. take another step. Let's take another step. So I think we should continue to do that. And I think Ramadan for Muslims tends yeah. to be like New Year's resolution. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, that's kind of our New Year's yeah. You just cleanse yourself. Um, so it's definitely a good time to kind of really think. We saw more of a green dean across Ramadan, plastic free, um, yeah. more like uh, conscientious eating, eating yeah. less meat, um, being a little bit more ethical in the way we are um, in the practical sense. Um, I want to ask uh, Yasmin, um, do you think you you, it might be inspiring a green eco children's story maybe? Yes, I'm, I'm thinking about it. As we're talking, I'm like, hmm. <laughs> so my mind's working, guys. Watch this space. <laughs> hey, watch this space. But it's been a pleasure having you um, accommodating this space today on the Urban Cube. An absolute pleasure. Thank you so very much, Sister Yasmin, for joining us. And thank Welcome. you, Sister Saima, as well. An absolute thank pleasure. Thank you for having us. So folks, <laughs> do check out um, the um, Muslim Children's Book Festival. And uh, Be Humble is the brand that uh, Sister has been talking to us about and it's been a very very insightful morning with you ladies um we've got 27 seconds anything you want to say hope to see you at the um, muslim children's book festival tell your friends to tell your friends and tell your family friends too <laughs> love it love it <laughs> and uh, definitely if you have an idea i think it's what we were saying that just celebrate yourself and really just go for it mashallah go for it that's what we like to hear and from me i'm going for it i'm going to grab myself a cup cuppa in a cup not a plastic <laughs> one um and join me again next week inshallah assalamu alaikum thank you for listening to our podcast we stream our daily broadcast on inspirefm.org you'll find all our daily updates on our social media at inspirefmluton